So anytime I, I come to a passage, um, I always ask, before I can ask what does it mean now, I kind of have to ask what did it mean then? We're separated by 2,000 years, culture, geography, all these things. And so let me just talk through a little bit of context, what we're dealing with here in Ephesus. Um, so Ephesus is modern day Turkey. Uh, Paul actually spent three years in this big city of Ephesus. By far the longest he got to be in one place. And so for three years, this was his home base. And he did a lot of work. There were, uh, other churches were started throughout Asia Minor during this time. Uh, but he got to stay here. And the reason is because he didn't get beat up and run out. That's, that was up to this point. He doesn't, it's not that he chooses to leave a place. It's that he gets beat up and run out of town. But this time, for whatever reason, that doesn't happen. And he actually gets to get some work done. He's around 50 years old at this time, which to me doesn't sound old because I'm getting close to that. In those days, that was, he was an old fella. And he's still just doing this great work. Well, three years in, he... Uh, a riot starts and um, he is run out of town. Two years later is where we find ourselves here. He's in Rome. He has been longing to go to Rome for a long time. Now, unfortunately, the, the way he gets to Rome is he's been arrested. And so for the next two years, he's under house arrest, which is better than being in a prison, better than what happens later to him. But he's under house arrest. He can't come and go freely, but he can have visitors and he can... He can write letters, and that's what he does. And one of the letters that he writes to churches is the, the book of Ephesus. And so this letter, the biggest thing to know is it's, it's not so much a work of theology, like some of his letters, it's, it's a prayer. And over and over, you'll see Paul, he gives some introduction, and then he starts praying for these people. And then he jumps into something um, and he'll, he'll talk about something else for a little while, and then he starts praying again. And that's what we find here. In, in chapter three, verse one, he says, it's funny, he says, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, and it's like dot, dot, dot. He's about to launch into a prayer, but instead he starts talking about all this other stuff, these mysteries and revelations and all this good stuff. And then in this verse that we've come to, um, you can go on and put it on the screen. He's, he is like he remembers, oh, wait, I was about to pray. Let me go back to that. And so just going to spend a few minutes this morning looking at this prayer. Um, he prays for three things in this prayer. I, I think about when I'm praying for somebody, when I'm praying for myself or when I'm praying for other people, and, and there's no bad prayers, right? There's no bad prayers, but I'm often praying for provision, <laughs> like I'm like the things that I need or that somebody else needs, or I'm praying for help, right? I've gotten myself in a mess and I need help, right? Paul, he prays for those things too, but he prays for some other things, some things that he knows are critical for this young group of, of believers, of followers of Christ. He prays that they'll be strengthened. He prays that they will experience deeply the love of Christ. And he prays that, they would become who they were meant to be. So they'd be strengthened, that they would not simply know love of God, but deeply experience it, know it in their core, and that they would become who they were meant to be. So let's just spend some time in this passage. So he starts out, for this reason I kneel before the Father. 
from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So there's a reason that they need to be strengthened. He's already talked to them about his sufferings. By the time they've gotten to this place, they know that he's riding from jail. They knew, they know Paul's story. They know that he has suffered greatly and that he just keeps jumping in. He knows that they have suffered. If you were a believer, if you were a follower of Jesus in this day, you suffered. There was persecution. There was, you were an outcast. There was, it was hard. And so Paul is always in the back of his mind is suffering. And not just to, or to get through it, but to receive it and to receive the things that God does when we go through these hard times. But he, but, he, but he feels for them and he wants them to be strengthened. And he wants them to be strengthened with power. That's a, I don't know that that's what I would normally pray. Be strengthened with power. And he's already brought up this word power in the first chapter when he prays another time, he prays for power. And he says that it's the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. Like, that's what he's talking about. And that's big. And he obviously thinks that the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead could actually impact their lives, could actually come into their lives and impact how they're facing everything. And so that's what he prays, that they would be strengthened with power. And he doesn't end there, he says, so that. There's a, there's a purpose here. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And when I got to this place, I thought back to that, again, this was like an hour and a half ago, so it's real fresh. I thought back to that first question of like, man, where is my heart right now? How is my soul? Am I in a place to speak these words? Well, hey, a lot of times we're not. A lot of times we're not, and God wants to fill us. I mean, if, if you have given, if you have said something like that song, have your way, and you've surrendered control of your life to God, he dwells in your hearts. But there's, there must also be this time that there are times when a lot of other things crowd our hearts. A lot of other things are taking precedence. And so it, it's not that God left, but we feel a little empty of the things of God. And so... Paul prays that we be strengthened by power so that Christ may dwell in our hearts. So wherever you've been, like today, I'm reminded and I'm encouraged by the fact that Christ can dwell in my heart. As I fill my heart and my mind with some of the words that we've said and sung, by the words that we're reading this morning, like Christ will dwell in my heart. And that is a reassuring thought. So it's okay to ask the question, how is my soul? How is my heart? To be honest with your neediness, to be honest with wherever that answer takes you. But then to be reminded, and hopefully, and one of the main ways we do this is in community. Like we're reminded through others that Christ wants to dwell in our hearts.
So the second thing is, he continues on, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Mm. There's that word power again. We need something in us to grasp something so ginormous. We need something that's beyond us to help us. I mean, you see this? I mean, he's, he's, in, he's showing us how big this is, how wide, how high, how deep, all of this. That's what the love of Christ is. And maybe we've all experienced that here and there. Maybe you could say, boy, it's been a little while since I've experience something like that, where it's like I dive in and I am just encompassed. Love is all around. That's what Paul wants for them, that's what Paul wants for us, to grasp, to truly know it, to, to drink deeply of it. I mean, I know that God loves me, I can tell you that every day. Um, but there have been times in my life where <laughs> I knew it like I knew nothing else. And there's been other times where I had to just kind of remind myself. From the time our boys were, uh, were born, we, we sang and still do sometimes <laughs> the kid song, God is so good. The most basic song, but so much of the time we make Christianity way too complex. God is so good. It, it, we do that for ourselves as, his as their parents, not just for them. And Paul wants them to know this. More than anything else, he wants them to, to deeply experience the love of Christ because he knows that's what changes us. And that leads to the final thing. It says, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, why? That you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. Man, the guy knew, <laughs> could choose some words. That you'll be filled up to the measure of all the fullness of God. When I think about that, like God has created me for something. More than anything, it's to know him, to know his love, to be um, challenged by his love, to be changed by his love, and for that to be the fuel of everything that I do of my relationships, of my work, of how I tackle hard decisions, hard challenges, the way I love people who are difficult to love, everything. It's because of the love that is in me through Christ. And he has this goal for us. The Lord has this purpose for us. And it's to, it's to put character in us. It's to change us and it's to transform us into new people. And it's so that we will become who we were created to be. When I think of fullness, that's what I think of. It's to experience life in a way that sometimes the world doesn't experience. True life, true fullness. This is Paul's prayer. And then he comes to this last piece 
It's this benediction. And, and I don't know if Paul thought, well, maybe I'm wrapping this one up, <laughs> this letter up with three chapters. He doesn't, he keeps going, but I love this verse. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Who is able to do more than we could ask or even dream to ask. Ask or even imagine. According to his power, there's that word again, that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. You know, the more I journey into life and in life with God, the more I'm just reminded, again, that we make things too complex. It is really about these basic, basic things. Let me read this from N.T. Wright. I came across this this morning. It says, that's what Paul's prayer here is all about. Essentially, it is a prayer that the young Christians may discover the heart of what it means to be a Christian. It means knowing God as the all-loving, all-powerful Father. It means putting down roots into that love or changing the picture, having that love as the rock-solid foundation for every aspect of one's life. It means having that love turn into a well-directed and effective energy in one person's life. And it means the deep and powerful knowing and loving into which the Christian is invited to enter. Or to put the same thing another way, the knowing and loving which should enter into the Christian. Paul quite clearly knows all this in his own experience. He longs that those who have come to put their faith in Jesus should know it too. Everything Paul's doing is to remind them of these truths and to call them into it, to encourage them into it. And I think he would say that to us today. Let's pray. God, thank you for these words. Thank you for these reminders. I pray that you would take us exactly where we are this morning. Whatever's been on our minds as we, as we made our way here this morning. I pray that you'd strengthen us in those areas that were weak. I pray that you would reveal your love to us, maybe in, in ways that it's been a really long time or maybe even never. And I pray that we would have hope of what you wanna do in our lives. Hope of just your surpassing greatness. The fact that you are, you're big, you're good, you're strong. You can handle our stuff and you really want to handle our stuff. You love us. So as we, as we come to the communion table and as we sing a song, just reminded of your truth, I just pray that you do a work in us. We're grateful for this time. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.